it was all a pipe dream Watching body boarding up on TV Deep at reef, watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah, we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe, buying Riptide uh, G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast The home of bodyboarding And thank you for joining us on episode 58 of our Verbal Journaling And I'm your host, Luke O'Connor well, today's guest on the lounge is a core Californian who has both the accent and the looks to back that truthful persona up. With the re- recent release of Breaking Even, a Snapchat production filmed and created in collaboration with his tight home turf crew, you'd think today's guest would be kicking back with his feet up, wallowing in his own self-achievement. Much to the contrary, Old Mate has gone more turbo than Jacob Romero eyeing up an incoming right bowl out of Rika and is almost set to produce the second instalment of his homegrown film series, Breaking Even 2. Between punting Mondo airs at the famously gnarly Cali Wedge and spinning music for his friends and family at many a wild house party, today's guest has been the main support and travelling companion to the most recent Boog World Champ, Tanner McDaniel. Sponsored by VS Boards, Gyrol, 662 Mob, Ali Swim Fins, and his own industry media organisation in Breaking Even TV, please let me welcome Craig Wetter to the lounge. Brother, how are you? Man, I'm good. You always got the craziest introductions. You, you really <laughs> I'm uh, very impressed every time I, I pull up a new potty on the Riptide uh, platform. Oh, dude, thanks, man. Yeah, like um, I try and put a bit of effort into them, do my research, as everyone knows, but it's pretty pretty easy when I'm speaking to um, guests of your caliber, man, like looking over Insta over the last, you know, six months even um, and just all the effort and time been putting in on the Boog and just your love and passion for it, even when it's one to two foot, like you're not just lazing around on surfboards, you're like you're honing your craft in, in all sort of conditions. So it's it's sick to see. And, and it's so good to have you back on the potty after um, you were the first video podcast uh, guest that we ever had on the lounge, bro. So it's a bit of a momentous occasion. <laughs> I know. What, that was like almost a year ago now or maybe maybe almost, maybe a little longer. Um, but, yeah, that was yeah. sick. The video, the video worked out great. I mean, Jamie did a really good job with that. Um he yeah he did mention we should do another one but it, it just the stars haven't aligned yet so maybe that's a that's a thing to do down the, down the way yeah dude one hundred percent has to be done because that was so much fun yeah and shout out to Jamie Rose on that that occasion man like putting that together and was was Alex Alex Perez there also Alex was also there he was manning um, <laughs> he was basically manning the the two cameras we had in front of us and Jamie was like. From my understanding, he was like the overviewer of everything. So he had you on his other computer, he had us on the other computer, and he was just watching it all go down. <laughs> That's sick, man. Yeah, it was a full media production. Oi, Craig, I know this is really inconvenient, and I really apologize, but I'm pretty sure um, we've just got a shitty connection, and I think your audio is coming through a little bit whack. So for the okay. viewers out there, if anyone's picked up on it, we might just restart this combo, um, and we'll come back very shortly with you guys. See you later. Yo, what's up, Boog nerds? Classic dropouts again, but, you know, we move on, we progress, we stay staunch, we keep moving forward. Um, On that note, moving forward, Riptide Premium, Modern Nostalgia, all the Vision series. 
um, all the Riptide originals, similar to Netflix originals, but Riptide based. Um, if you haven't done your bit, you know, sign up. We really appreciate it. It helps us build the kitty so that we can create more premium content and create more feature length movies um, and, you know, throw more wild parties. So if you have, get into it. Um, if not, we still appreciate you listening to the podcast. Anyway, back to Luke and back to Callie Craig. Yeah, we're back, baby. Jeez, I was, <laughs> I was like, I was like listening to your responses like with so much keenness, and then I was thinking, what is that like roboticness with Craig's voice? And I realized, oh fuck, Ringer's playing a number on us here and playing up <laughs> once again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you back to normal um, Earthside, Craig. Hey. Yeah, yeah, it's it's never easy. And talking about never easy, man, let, let's let just go straight into it because I wanted to ask you this from day dot. And we, we roughly touched upon it in our um, our previous potty with um, yourself and Tanner. But, mm. man, what's it like being out in the Cali Wedge lineup? Because that doesn't look easy. It looks serious as all hell. And I can't believe, and this fascinates me too, the time restrictions on certain crafts at certain times and, and, and all that kind of, it definitely plays into certain people's hands others not so much like what is it like navigating that lineup man it's um it's pretty hectic it's like there's a, there's there's honestly more people out there that like are speed bumps rather than someone you should be like worried about fighting away for i feel like like it's gotten so gnarly just with kooks basically for some reason they think that they can go out there and like just cruise when it's like at all sizes and i'm literally i'm genuinely surprised that more people don't get hurt out there just from the stuff that i see and the stuff that i guess like everyone sees online it's like it's it's pretty mind-boggling to me Yeah, man, it, 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 it honestly is. And the reason I bring it up is because of the, the videos I've recently seen from yourself and, and the whole crew over there, uh, Tanner included, you know, like um, yeah. even just like shout out to Dave Goodrich, some of the stuff he puts up, um, uh-huh. you know, like just just it's fascinating to see the different culture over there. And, and obviously in so many ways, very similar to our surf culture here, like you go up to the Gold Coast, you go surf Snapper Rocks, you'll definitely know what the Superbank's all about in within 30 seconds because you'll probably have a fiberglass board speared at you, some angry local yelling <laughs> at you to crumble down his lip, and then, you know, a whole range of um, cultures floating around out there that has a different idea of, of what, you know, fair wave riding is. So we definitely have that similarity over here. But just, just over in Cali Wedge, being so close to the shore, having so much energy concentrated in one area, not spanned out over a, you know, large, expansive um, stretch mm-hmm. of sand. Dude, like how many people are concentrating in that one little zone for, at, at one given time? Dude, it can be like, there could be like 60 people out there in that little corner that like probably 90% of them are not experienced enough to be out there. Um, and it's just, it's just so wild. And that's part of the reason why it's so crowded is because of the black ball rules. Um, 10 to five, you cannot be in the water out there with a flotation device of any kind. So people are either doing it super early or until 10 or after five, 
until dark. So there's there's two pretty short windows compared to like anywhere else you could surf on the coast that you can actually be out there. So you really gotta um, capitalize during your sessions out there. And man, I'm I'm just thinking about conditions changing. How often are you when the, a certain tide is coming? You know, in that black ball period where, that you want to surf it in and you can't. Like, is is that a, a daily frustration? I swear, like every swell, it's best from like like eleven to probably three or four. It's so wild, and it's like sometimes what'll happen is it'll be so slow. And then the second they put the flag up, it just like starts to pump, and like just there's just nonstop waves, and people are still out there because like it's so slow, and you're supposed to take like your next wave that you catch in, but if you're not going, if you're not catching waves, and you're just out there <laughs> until you get one, which could be it's been hours, so at some point the lifeguards get a little feisty, but. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. I think there's some people are trying to make some stuff happen to maybe shorten those black ball hours or potentially remove it, but I I don't know. I'm not quite involved in that. I'm just fortunate enough to actually have a spot in the lineup now and get kind of the waves that I want. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, for sure. You definitely show a, a lot of dominance out there. And you can tell with your wave selection too. You obviously know which ones you want and ones that are wedging hard off the wall and running into a bowl or like a, a long stretched out barrel. But going back to the black ball rules, how did that originate? You know, how did that all come about? And in what date was it enforced? Um, I honestly don't know the date that it first started. I think it was... Uh kind of around when the boogie board was invented actually <laughs> i feel like that's when it was because the body surfers were, would hold it down um like there's actually a movie about this it's called dirty old wedge um and the, so the body surfers were basically out there before any uh surfer or boogie boarder were, were out there so i think they kind of had some leeway with that and i've heard that some of them are like associated with the city council so i mean they kind of all just worked together to make that rule a thing yeah man i think that definitely needs to be looked into a little bit further i understand traditions are traditions but that almost sounds like they were unhappy sharing that location with a different craft at the time and that's almost like having pipeline having surfers saying that which maybe sometimes happens through localism but definitely not through legislated law you can't (laughs) you know you can't surf here at this time or whatever like pretty pretty rough kind of rule if you ask me and that's almost a little bit of abuse of power if they were just in with the local council because yeah, it doesn't really seem fair any way you look at it. I, 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 again, I'm speaking out of hand that I haven't heard the full history of it. You know what I mean? I'm just mm-hmm. looking into it now. But from a pullback perspective, yeah, fuck that. Like, bodyboard whenever you want out there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the, like, the agreement, or not agreement, but, like, idea people are having now. It's like, it's a beach. Like, it shouldn't be able to be, like, blocked off to a certain person or type of wave rider you know that's that's just unfortunately how it is um and yeah it's it's just the the funniest part is how it just gets so good during those hours and the body surfers are out there 
um, respectively, in my opinion, like kind of blowing it. Come just how good the wave is. It could be just used so much better um, on on some of those days. Like, don't get me wrong, that there are days that are good for body surfing, but there also are a handful of days that you could surf it all day and just be getting launched and freaking shacked for all 12 hours of the day. <laughs> oh man, that's a tough, tough pill to swallow. Has it been any other fisty cuffs on the beach when like coming between body surfers and bodyboarders or anyone on any different craft alike because of these rules and just how it is slightly unfair? Like, has there been a history of that on the beach? Is there blood on the beach at Sea Wedge, brother? <laughs> um, I personally have not seen any sort of uh, altercation like that. I know before, um, I don't know, when was that? Maybe like 10 or 15 years ago, it was a little more hectic. And there was kind of a a big, like, scrap, just a continuous beef with the body surfers and the wave riders. Just because I think that goes through the cycle every like decade or so that there's someone out there that's like, I'm going to try to get rid of this rule. And then it doesn't happen. And then that board gets out and then it's kind of just like a kind of reignites the beef under my, um, from my understanding. But nowadays it's, it's, it's pretty just like, you know, you got to get out at 10 and you know, you have to share with however many people are out there from sunrise to 10 so that's kind of just unfortunately the lay of the land out there yeah 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 no i'm i'm impressed how well you're taking it craig i guess you've grown up with it so it's just like you know one of those things that yeah it is what it is but um yeah it's such a such a such a wild little avenue into another part of like surf bodyboarding body surfing just like wave riding culture huh like just another part of the world with a different set of um rules you know like even like, a, a lot of places in china um at the moment um and have been for a very long time i've only read an article the other day like if you go surfing in those areas like you will be you'll be imprisoned re- upon returning to the beach or you'll have your craft like smashed up in front of you i saw a video of like one of the local um sergeants in this chinese region come down to the beach with a machete and started chopping up old mate's board in front of him like yeah it's um holy shit yeah it's different shit That's, going on eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah i don't know that's yeah there's no uh chopping of that i think it's like a hundred dollar ticket at most if you want to risk it with the police over here but <laughs> chopping up a board like it's dinner is pretty hectic huh yeah, man, it is. I know it's a bit of a, it's a little bit over the top of my eyes, but again, yeah, they rule, um, <laughs> different cultures rule with iron fist, I guess. Man, yeah. um, speak, speaking about, sorry, different cultures, dude, and, and speaking about um, your time away recently, dude, let's speak about your time in Gran Canaria and just the whole situation over there. What a wild ride. Yeah, that was like one of the nicest, most stressful trips I think I've ever been on in my life. <laughs> just in terms of like uh, like I listened to the podcast with Tanner and it's basically the same it's just that I didn't have a world title on the line <laughs> I was just praying so hard that like everything was going to go to plan and like I would even have those 
like stressful waves that run through your head. It's like, ah, oh, dude, like if this, if this doesn't go as planned, it's, it is not going to be pretty. And, um, luckily it all did. And luckily we also scored pretty hard during those, uh, few days where they, they couldn't run the comp. Uh, so that helped us keep our minds off of things, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great trip and I would, I love the Canaries. I love Grand Canaria. I, I would go back there in a heartbeat right now. <laughs> just like, we just got back like two or three weeks ago and I'd a hundred percent just get back on a plane and go. It's so nice and waves are so good. People are nice. It's, it's a great, it's a great spot. Definitely, man. I, I, I think every bodyboarder worth their salt who's been over there has just said the exact same thing. Like it just has some of the hollowest, heaviest slabbing waves going around, not just barrels, bowls galore, probably uh-huh. one of the greatest waves in the world in front on. And then you've just got the bizarre landscape in which the Canary Islands are. Again, I haven't been myself. I really want to get over there. We were so close to going when um, – uh, Lauren and myself, well, like my wife, uh, we're in Europe and we, we're going to hop on a plane, but just didn't venture over any swells. But I, I need to get over there because it just looks oh, crazy. What was your favorite thing about um, Grand Canary Bar? Obviously, front on being an amazing wave, Craig. <laughs> um, oh, let's see here. I mean, it's always sick going to an event like that where you, you're kind of around all the the tour guys who you've almost looked up to, um, at least for me growing up. So it's, it's really cool just being able to, to hang and and be around those guys. And honestly, surfing with them is, is very, like you learn so much, um, just by being in the water with them. Like, I think, uh, what what day, I don't know what day it was, but uh, we had a session. It was me, Tanner, Tristan Roberts, and Pierre, and we were like, I think it was a one of the, like the biggest days of the of the trip, and it was a dying swell, so it was getting smaller, but there were still like pretty manageable ones, and I, like there was just the craziest, craziest stuff going on, at least in my opinion, just because I would get one, and then I'd see everyone else get one, and I'd be like, damn, where the hell is the filmer, dude? Like. <laughs> It's kind of just one of those sessions that it's engraved into my brain. Uh, so this was out out front on, obviously. This was at Aguero, the the wave. Um, just a, like I think it's about ten minutes. Uh, I don't know which direction, south maybe. Um, yeah. Just in Galdar, in front of all those houses. Uh, that's where we stayed, so it was a pretty easy, uh, easy wave to check all the time. And to be honest, I think that wave is probably my favorite over there. Just because wow. it's like, I'm I'm just a freaking whore for rights. So I, <laughs> so I only, I mean, I just love going right. And that wave is so much more safe compared to Fronton. And it's like, it can hold basically as big as you'll throw at it. Um, and it's, it's so heavy and it's pretty deep. So you won't hit the bottom and compared to Fronton, it's just, it's, it's pretty dreamy fronton is also very good like you could very well get the wave of your life out there but you will be so scared doing it (laughs) yeah it does look very very um imposing to take off and kind of looking at 
the good ones out there, especially on the left, it seems like when you're taking off, it's going to look like a closeout, almost like a Chopes West one where you've got to be very much like pointing yourself towards the cliffs, like going straight. Is that the case? Uh, Certain swell directions, it is very much like that. A couple of the days of the comp actually was like that. And I, I think it might've been the trials days and I had a really tough time reading it just because they all look like closeouts. So it's like, shit, I don't want to go on a closeout and hit the bottom because those ones that close out seem to be the ones that people get most hurt on. Uh, So that's always in the back of your head. But, um, yeah, I have huge respect for people who surf it. as as big as they do just because like everything about it is gnarly like <laughs> coming from california we got all these nice beaches and then you get over there and like the paddle out is gnarly and then coming in is like even gnarlier like you can't even paddle in from the same way you came out if it's too big you have to paddle to another town so it's like <laughs> it's it's a very intimidating wave all around yeah, definitely, man. It looks like the Coliseum of bodyboarding really. Hey, speaking about the trials, dude. Like, what was your experience like in the trials, and and how was the how was the mentality in the heat? And did you have any kind of tactics going into those trials, thinking um, you had a strategy that was going to perform best? Um, kind of, yeah. And being at my first event that I had done on tour, um, I don't think I was experienced enough mentally. But um, I kind of was just going out there with the mindset of treating it like a free surf with four other people out just because I wanted, I wanted to get those super good ones that, that I would see the locals get. But unfortunately, it wasn't that good. So it kind of turned into a little gravel fest, um, which was unfortunate. But I still like experiencing something like that is something you'll never forget. But... I didn't do too hot in the trials. Um, got third in both heats, so I couldn't advance into the main event, which was fine. <laughs> but you know, you're always <laughs> you're always just thinking like, oh, what could I have done to keep going into the event? You know. For sure, man. But that's competition, isn't it? I think a lot of, you know competitors all around the world just not in bodyboarding but just in any sort of sport like is obviously thinking um you know how do i learn to lose and then how do i learn to not make the same mistake and progress further on and that's probably why competitive sport all around is such a healthy thing for a lot of people to engage in because it gives you like challenges and you need to overcome mm-hmm. them and you become a stronger person for it and hats off you're going to do a world tour event man like that's you know putting yourself out there on the world stage competitively um i'm sure that would have been a nerve-wracking experience knowing it's been televised and you know people are watching from home and stuff so like you know everything and as you said mentally you know, everything running through your head like is just is is so frantic during those moments like especially mm-hmm. if you don't have the experience well from 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 my perspective anyway like a couple of the you know state national comps and um like the shark island challenge i was in and stuff like those moments when you're in those heats yeah it's pretty hard if you don't have the experience to really lock yourself into a zone where you feel comfortable to um, perform at your highest level so it's yeah it's just all experience man it's it's, it's epic yeah yeah i know it was sick i mean I had looked forward to being out there with um, 
just, you know, three others the whole time. Just in case I would have gotten that absolute cracker. But um, it, it was it was super fun to be out there. And uh, I, I had met one of Tristan's friends, actually, Luke, another South African who was there for the event. We had both our trial seats together, which was really fun. So we... Uh, we were free surfing before the event and then we got paired up together in the event, which was, it was, it was really fun. Really cool to share that moment with him. Yeah. Sick. And did you feel like his bodyboarding was pushing yours? Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's in that, on that stage, you have to use that, uh, kind of as fire. Um, and that's, I definitely feel like being in a heat with someone that you're kind of comfortable with was was much nicer yeah i, I know what you mean now I was, that's what i was almost going to um kind of touch on before craig before we were deep into this combo at the start of it thinking the mentality over there you know like liam lucas came back and straight up said his experience over there you know and everyone's experience is different but the intensity um through the tactics in a lot of these um competitors from all around the world that are that are utilized in the heats can be pretty confronting, man. Did you find that? Did you find like there was, there was pressure from as soon as the buzzer went? Um, I mean, kinda, I don't know if it was more pressure or stress, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I kind of just, like I said earlier, went through it kind of in a free surf mentality. And, and obviously that wasn't probably the right thing to do. Um, but like, I guess like what you were saying, the like there's so many people over there who absolutely rip. Like it's very, very competitive and you have to know the wave so well and then you have to trust your skills and like trust where you're taking off and trust like your own knowledge and it's it's like it's pretty crazy and all even the Groms over there this year, obviously, were putting on a massive stroke. Like David won and Robin got second. And like it seemed like it was just a whole new um, kind of clan coming to the top of that event, dude. One hundred and ten percent. And then also, you know, you place the Silver Brothers in there too, that have some of the highest level of bodyboarding um, that I've seen going around for their age, man. Like just yeah. you know, and especially in a competitive sense, they are definitely true competitors at heart um you know which can definitely be seen through their results on the world tour this year especially um with tanner's final uh in in brazil but man let's touch on the unfortunate um fact that those those brothers weren't in the event or mike like what would you know we've talked about such a positive side of the trip and and yeah there's always positive and negatives man like what was it like handling that situation being so close to um you know, I guess the team, the science team at at the time. It was it was just wild to watch it all unfold. Like we weren't really involved um, with the party and like just kind of how that all went down. So we didn't really know what happened until like two days later when we saw the Silver Brothers were pulled out. And uh, obviously we were just kind of, watching from afar just kind of like losing it like what the hell's going on like mike got pulled out the silver brothers got pulled out and we were just like just kind of staying quiet just like holy shit what's going on over here <laughs> like 
like there's a video of a fight and like just absolute mayhem was happening man were you there at that fight that night like at the opening ceremony was it no that was um we, we weren't there actually it was it was a saturday and they obviously they have those uh little events before and during and after the um the comp and apparently there was a little scrap with the locals or like the local groms and the Chileans or something. I don't know. We weren't there. So obviously we don't know the entire true story, but that's kind of just what was being rumored around the, the comp site. Yeah, man. Yeah. It seems so hectic and just everyone running in and out and the, and the rogue flying fist too. That was also a controversial <laughs> subject at the time. Bras. This comp had it all, man. When you think about drama and theatrics, this comp had it all. Like it had you and Tanner and the, and the crew turning up every day, hoping and praying that Pierre was, was, was going to bow out gracefully and he could win his world title. Like rightfully so, because again, as I said in the potty and, and I think everyone agrees, Tanner is most certainly the the most deserved world champion in 2023. Like his performances yeah. all year were just incredible. But yet, you know, you, you had all that side of stuff turning up at the comp, hard in your kind of mouth every day. You being there as like his main support partner, like you feeling the whole thing, and then you've got all the drama going on with Mike on the, on, on the other side. And then it's and then it's like you know front one doesn't fully turn on. There's a couple of good days. There's a lot of lay days. Um, it, it just seemed like a, a, an up and down roller coaster journey, Craig. Was it was it like that? Yeah, it fully was like that. And you like you just wake up and be like, oh, here's another day of waiting for this uh, event to finish. And it's like it was just so hectic with like Mike being around, but also not there and like every post on i was watching it pretty hard on online and like every post from the ibc or fronton king like immediately was something involving mike or the silver brothers and it was oh. not a nice it was not a nice comment so and it like was every, heavy every post i would see would be like where the hell is mike like like just absolutely exploding and then there were some other controversies with sasha in his heat with like um the physical touching during that during that heat which uh disqualified him from the event but yeah dude it, we didn't even touch on that in the um the comp rundown i'm like we really should have can you just elaborate on that because i'm a bit hazy on it so i remember seeing the footage did he try and grab his rashi and pull the competitor back it, it sure looked like that i um, just from my understanding of the rules that you, you can't physically touch your opponent in a heat. And I don't know what he was like planning to do or trying to do, or if it was an accident, but he basically just like rubbed up against him and either like basically scratched his back, but not, not like literally just kind of grabbed the rashy and like, they were just so close to each other. And I, I was kind of was just like, what? Why would you even have to do that, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he was, like, in his way or, was like, trying to block him. But the the craziest part, I didn't even know it happened because I didn't see it until my buddy uh, Cameron Gunlock texted me and was like, what happened with Sasha? And I was like, what? I'm pretty sure he made his heat. 
and I go to check the the scores and he had been removed and that was like two hours later I think when they made that call so I don't I just wasn't quite clear on how it all how it all went down but also Sasha being from Chile it just gave the the Chileans down in South America another reason to I guess hate the IBC and the Fronton King. <laughs> oh, no, man. Like, yeah, touching back on the, the Silver Brothers, obviously being from Chile and, and having that sort of, you know, drama shrouding their chances of competing in the comp. And, and you know, especially with Moises' um, results this year, like he could have gone so far into the draw there. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a super tough pill to swallow. And I, I think, you know, looking back on that whole debacle, I, I guess – and with the rules that have come out after on and, and people, you know, different podcasts, the closeout podcasts that are really good rundown um, with Tan up um, and, and then obviously beforehand speaking about the rule book and going it over with the fine tooth comb. I think even um, one of the one of the hosts actually got a PDF form and um, expanded the margins on the outside to make sure that none of the texts were missing from some of the rule pages because when you go hmm. back through the rules, man, there's so much stuff missing. And again, this is regurgitated from the closeout podcast, um, hosted mm. by Benny Oborn, the absolute legend. But um mm. yeah, dude, like just 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 crazy to see how kind of shifty it was. It was hazy. They didn't have a press statement straight away. Like we were hanging over here, especially in Riptide Media. We were kind of going like they're going to say something, obviously. Like, you don't just have Mike come out and say something, being pulled out of the comp. The Silver Brothers are out. There's obviously something that's gone down. These is this is the reasons why, blah blah blah. And you know, a lot of the reasons that were given out to by the IBC at the time, saying about how there was an email going out to athletes, and you know they had stated they need to be here at the comp, and da da da. It kind of hasn't really been that truthful, and it seems to be that 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 wasn't the case. So I mean, mm-hmm. again confirm or deny but it just seems that they pulled the wrong rein here and they should have just been reveling in the goat's presence like fuck cunt he's gonna be dead soon like you know what i mean like hopefully not yeah. you know what i mean like he's he's, he's yeah. getting old and you want him in the comp so let's let's do this and then and then yeah just to, just give him a fine like i know i'm harping on about this and we covered yeah. this beforehand but dude just give him a fine and we'll all move on with our days and then the competition will be a fruitful one and it'll be a positive experience for everyone yeah exactly that was that was kind of like my biggest bummer was like it's it's mike stewart like he's done so much for everyone and it's just the sport overall and it's like it's it's pretty crazy they picked uh that person to to fight with over something like that you know and it's it's not gonna go well for them and it obviously didn't so yeah they they got to figure that out now yeah man yeah i hope really too moving into 2024 that um yeah, that you know, we, we we do have a good tour because again, they put on some cool things, man. And like you know, there, there there were some positives out of the year years that um out of 2023, sorry, and of the the last couple of years since coming back from COVID, they've they've mm-hmm. um they've put on some cool comps, and and we've got to remember that too. But yeah, just just a bit skew if it towards the end of 2023, I guess. But dude, um, talking you know about your your other experiences in um Fronton and like Grand Canaria. 
what was um, the culture like? You know what I mean? Like it being like a Spanish um, speaking nation or uh, island chain. Sorry, um, what's the what's the culture like over there? And 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 how do people go about their daily business? Um, honestly, it seems like when the waves are good, everyone everyone just surfs all day. <laughs> and I don't know how. <laughs> Because, like, it, it would be, like, some days it would be good all day, and it would never, like, not be crowded. <laughs> so it just, it really seems like, and, and that's part of the reason why it's such a strong area for bodyboarding is, um, like, it, it's cool. they got signs of bodyboards on the street signs, like, pointing to Fronton, and, and you can just fully tell that uh, it, it's a bodyboarding area, it's a bodyboarding wave, and it's everyone's just psyched on the boat which is it's so like refreshing to see because over here you're kind of surrounded by a lot of stand-up surfers and all that and there is the solid crew of of boogie boarders now um groms and and our crew and it's but over there it's just full like psych on the boat it's it's so sick Dude, that is so refreshing to hear. And again, yeah, you hear it from everyone. It is bodyboarding paradise over there. But speaking about, you know, um, boo culture and reviving it, I really feel, um, and especially listening to Jay Real Potty, he, he touched on it, and I thought it was a very um, well-stated point. Like, you guys seem to be reviving that culture there on the West Coast of America because, you know, as he stated, in Australia, we kind of thought not much was going on over there. You see Europe and South America, yeah, pumping along. Hawaii's always done its thing because they just get swell after swell after swell. But you guys are really making it happen um, over on the West Coast. And I'm talking about yourself, Tanner, Alex Perez, Tristan Ray, um, you know, like heaps of dudes just in the sack chat crew and obviously um, the Breaking Even TV production um, crew that you guys got going, bro. Like what what has it been like pushing Boogan and especially kind of coming up during um, a bit of a low period? It's been it's been sick. Um, it's It's been nice to like after we created the first movie, it kind of just seemed like more more premieres were coming out like more people were making movies more people were doing projects and um i'm I'm obviously not taking like any sort of um what's the word i'm looking for uh i don't know (laughs) um any sort of credit i guess credit yeah um for reviving it but like it just seems you like definitely poor. should take credit, Craig. Let me stop you there, bro. <laughs> definitely, bro. It's like that's one of the main reasons that I'm, you know, interested in American bodyboarding once again. Because really, dude, like there was um, in my eyes, like dudes still ripping and, and doing their thing, but weren't doing it as professionally and kind of pushing it. And it's been great having Tanner obviously move over your way too, and you guys are great surfing partners, and, and that's pushing each other on bodyboarding too. So, like, you got to take credit for it, bro. Take credit where credit's due. All right, all right. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, job. It's, it's it's good to hear. We're we're pretty humble over here, so we're we're just trying to make it happen. And I think premieres are honestly like one of the best ways to to fire it up again. Just because like I love getting people together. Like I'm so excited to do another one of these, and I love like walking around and seeing all kinds of people that you don't usually get to see. You know. And even new faces. Like, 
some of the people who have gotten tickets for our movie next month, I respectfully um, don't recognize their names, which is pretty crazy. And it's 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 cool to see like that we're potentially pushing a new generation up into this into the sport and industry. So. Dude, and definitely how you've just gone from breaking even one to now breaking even two within a year. That's epic because not many people can back up a project again so quickly. And, you know, speaking about the people that you've just got for the premiere in a month's time, can you please give that premiere a plug? And can we know how much the place is seating? Because I think you're going to need hundreds of seats, brother. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this one is smaller than our last venue, but we're going to try to figure out a way to uh, get some more heads in there because I've, it's we're already sold out and there's a little less than a month to go and I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people who are going to try to want to come last minute, so we're going to have to figure that out. But it, it's it's so sick and it's cool to... Uh, and giving some credit to Tanner too when he started coming over here in Surfing Wedge I feel like he started showing like the people here the capability of like of the maneuvers that you can do on this wave and just the waves over here especially wedge though because obviously wedge is hard to surf it's backwashy it's it can be big and it's like basically just shore break with a side wave in it um and I think he has definitely pushed the younger generation to like show them and me what you can do out there. And it's, and now we're starting to see all kinds of groms, even people like our age and older than us are starting to hit it. And it's like, that's kind of all I really want to see. Like, I just want to see it utilized to its max potential because we can't be on every wave. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, dude, 100%. And, yeah, when you do have someone that's so good going out there and kind of making you realize that there are other ways to view the wave and and other lines to take, it just, you know, I can give a prime example. Um, Nathan Florence coming over to the island this year and surfing, and I think a lot of surfers and bodyboarders, like all of us, um, got to realize, you know, how you can push the limits out there again and when you have those people of that caliber and quality again hawaiian coming over to the west coast of oz Uh and hawaiian coming over to the east coast um sorry the west coast of usa hawaiian coming over the east coast of oz the same result you know what i mean just quality wave riders um lighting up and and i actually had the the privilege it was unbelievable he um nathan and his um filmer seb i think his name's seb um, had to cruise into Miranda Westfield uh, to go to the Apple Store because they were having problems with his phone, and he mm. just downloaded the GoPro clips from that morning on his phone. And I ran into him, um, and I hadn't met him before. I'd seen him at sessions, but whatever. And we kind of recon- recognized each other's face from that morning session. We were out there and just yeah. had a yarn, and he started showing me the clips on his phone. And, man, I was just like – fuck like the visions you think you get on a bodyboard and 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 don't get me wrong like they're they're very similar but he was riding it like a bodyboarder on a surfboard and it was just so impressive to see that like you know and again just a quality wave rider in general you just appreciate that and you can learn from them doesn't have to be the same craft but you can actually learn from just that person in the water so yeah with tanner I, i think you're spot on it would have been so cool to have him there and man a high tide raises all ships in the harbour. And so when you've got um, 
someone, you know, really excelling, it's usually going to bring everyone up, else up around them and yourself too, man. Like that's the same goes for you. So it's, yeah, it's sick to see because I love watching it on, on Instagram. Like I, I will actually watch your reels where a lot of people I just flip past. So <laughs> congratulations sick. on getting my attention. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's one person in the world. <laughs> oh, fuck off. You're getting views, bro. You guys are nailing it. So when, um, is breaking even to premiering and so where 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 was it like have you got a theater or something uh this this one this year is at a brewing company uh basically a brewery in san clemente which is a little south of us about like 15 20 minutes and yeah that was kind of the only thing we had lacking last year was there was no alcohol being served and i'm sure a lot of people are going to be psyched about that this year (laughs) (laughs) man alcohol always does help at these events a couple just to um loosen the lips and get everyone chatting what kind of what kind of beer or, or alcohol is it um it's i honestly don't even know i think there's handful of ipas um and just kind of their um their i don't know <laughs> i honestly have no like it's just beer it's just beer and ipas um, yeah yeah there's, 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 there's no liquor which is probably good <laughs> but uh yeah just just beer and ipas and um yeah, I'm I'm psyched. It's it's gonna be sick. It's not it's not huge, but it's it's very compact and it it'll be it'll be a great little venue to showcase what we got going. Yeah, year. sick man. Sick. Is anyone gonna be playing music? You gonna get the decks out? Uh, I don't. I honestly don't think we're allowed to uh, be super loud with the music. But if we're early enough, if the movie's done early enough, I think we might try to get some live entertainment going, but not myself because <laughs> i'm gonna be <laughs> i'm just gonna be cruising living you're it. gonna be enjoying it eh? you're just gonna have just had a couple of edibles beforehand you probably just need <laughs> a couple of beverages see how the night takes you and then who knows man you might end up somewhere down the highway three days later and you'll be like fuck <laughs> yeah breaking even two yeah i know it's it's pretty sick and the response we've gotten on it is, is great and people are very very excited to see it um, the only difference in this movie this year is that we don't have any Hawaii footage because, because, ah. because we got skunked over there this year. <laughs> yeah. This year was a bit of a shocker. Hey, that will, I guess the season just gone. That was, um, it wasn't that eventful. Did it get some late season swells? Um, I think they might've gotten a few after we had left, but during our time there was like pretty shocking and it was pretty much just a freaking cruise fest with the Aussie boys, Tommy and Lachlan and Jaden just freaking every day. We're like, what, what are you guys doing? There's no waves. Or are you surfing? Have you found any waves? <laughs> so it was a pretty slow couple of weeks. Far out. Yeah. I remember watching, um, the pipe masters, I think this year and bro, it was pretty bad. Hey, like I remember, uh-huh. I think Jack Robinson won and it was like in the final, it was like three foot and like you'd be coming out the front of them. It looked like heaps of sand was on pipe. It looked like one of those years. Yeah. But at least you're hanging out with, with, with those fellas far out there. They're a funny bunch. Eh? They were over here for the, well, I didn't get to see Tommy Morris. I had a, a potty with him the other day, but um, with uh, 
uh, Jaden and Lockie, they came over for the Riptide Premier Magnitude yeah. 6 and did the whole East Coast Tour. And, yeah, those boys lit up. They definitely they definitely went hard, especially with Woodsy. You know, you had the Elliots at the helm, Jack Baker, mm-hmm. Cameron Staunton in tow. Like, there was a bit going on. There was a bit going on, hey. <laughs> yeah, sure sounds like it. Sure yeah. sounds like it. It was such a good premiere down at um, at Coldale, man. I got to go down. It's just a little coastal town in between Wollongong and Sydney here, but it's got such a good venue for just a good pram. Like, it's got a beautiful outdoor kind of area, um, like a big balcony. It goes into a pretty large kind of, like, bar rumpus room area um, mm-hmm. and, like, is seating area and it's got a stage and all that jazz and i don't know if you saw the video of that punter doing that huge invert off the top of the table i did see that man it was that was crazy it was crazy it was i forget i get the fellow's name he's from stanley he's one of woodsy's good mate he's an absolute legend of a bloke and and always good for a yarn happy to have a beer but just loves carrying on And, and he got up there and um fuck mate just did not care about his ribs eh? like just went high and hard with that invert jeez yeah i know i saw that video i was like dude that is some crazy wild stuff and even some of the other premieres they had of like the uh the drink off and the guy just pouring on his head like that was just, i don't know where that one was but that maybe yeah, I got a good chuckle out of me too. Yeah, I think that was that one of the early ones further up the coast because they were definitely carrying. I think Port Mac was pretty big with the boys. They got to carry yeah. on. <laughs> oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, <laughs> to, smashing these um, apple cider vinegar um, kombuchas. And oh, like, yeah, they're actually, they're Kambucha getting guy. this. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love the butch. I mean, yeah. just getting off beer and getting more butch into me because it just um, gives you the same kind of effect, fizziness, but not obviously the the dirty hangovers. But, um, yeah, we were – fuck, where was I going with that, Craig, just before I was burping? Idiot. Uh, something about the premiere. Uh, oh, sorry, what, yeah, Port the one Mac. up at Port Mac, bro. Port yeah, Mac. yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, they got to carry on with Kingy after at um, oh, oh boy. Level, it's level seven, I'm pretty sure, not six or seven. Yeah, I think it's level seven at his top um, apartment there in Port Mac. And then they were at this, still down at the break wall when the sun rose and they were all just carrying on. Kingy was telling some hilarious stories, Elliot said, and just had everyone in hysterics and just, yeah, they just... Just good times, and, and that's what premieres bring, eh? And, and I'm sure you got the same feel at your first breaking even one, and I think um, breaking even two, like you're going to have even more. It's such a cool thing. Bringing people together, as you said, is a very special thing. Yeah, like I, I just froth on it so hard. Like just having events and seeing, like I said, seeing all these people that you don't usually see is 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 pretty special, and it's just kind of goes to show the the community and how everyone truly does like to come together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, man, there was definitely a division there with, with the COVID and just all the other shit that goes on in the world. And it's good to be able to just work, walk back outside and look people in the eye and just have a yarn and actually hang out with them instead of just hating people online and just being a, being <laughs> yeah. a spook, you know, it's so it's such an important thing. Um, humans interacting with other humans, like being, around other people uh, isolation like is a very yeah it can be a very good thing in in doses but ultimately in the end it's just fucked for everyone mm-hmm. yeah it really was but 
Yeah, we're out of it now, and, and we're freaking back to the regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> yeah, dude, in the regular programming, what would it be like for you on a regular sunny California day, man? Because fuck, dude, like, you guys seem to just be bathed in sunshine all day long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it's, yeah, if there's a big south hole in the water, we're basically at wedge at sunrise every every morning. <laughs> and... It kind of depends how many waves you get because it's just it's a pretty hectic pounding of a session, you know. So if you get a good one, like off the bat, you're already kind of thinking like I could get out and be good, um, and then honestly probably go somewhere else and surf another wave. <laughs> and that's just your regular day, day in, day out. It, it has been recently. I over summer I worked uh, at a marketing agency. So I would surf in the morning and then go do that throughout the day and then hopefully hop back in the water. Um, but now I'm back on the job hunt and yeah, that's, it's kind of been a struggle over here, but we're, we're doing it. Yeah. So you're just trying to work part time with Bergen. So you'll, you'll work at certain parts of the year, depending on swells and, and how it's all looking. Uh, no, I should be working full time, but it's, it's for some reason right now, it's so hard to get a job over here, at least in my preferred department. Um, just cause it, like, there's so many people also applying and it's just, it's just a pretty tough time. So I'm kind of just going basically the who, you know, route rather than what your skills are. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And work's work at the end of the day, man. Like, I, I fully get you. We want to do it in the area you've studied and you've got passion for, but money's money, and if it gets you somewhere and it has a roof over your head and keeps you boog and whatever, like, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Um, you you, you got to do what you got to do. Like, I look <laughs> yeah. at people with jobs they probably don't like, and, and unfortunately it's just like sometimes, yeah, nose down to the grindstone and 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 get on it eh? but dude thinking about what's coming up for you possibly um you know and 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 travel opportunities in the future like don't get a full-time job just come over to oz next winter and just live it up (laughs) yeah honestly that that is a pretty damn good idea uh i know tanner's got his eyes pretty set on heading over there at some point so i may have to tag along on that Dude, you got a man. You always have a place to stay here in Cronulla. I mean, in Miranda, a couple of suburbs back, but you know, just like Sick you were saying. Here. That's all right, but it's just like you were saying before, and you, you pointed with Jay Real. You're, you're about like, what, three miles from the beach? Yeah. Yeah, I'm three yeah. miles from the beach here. Yeah, this is exact same as Miranda, pretty much. We're like 5Ks, which is pretty much three miles. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like. Uh, it it it'd be so easy for you to cruise over and do like even having like we saw Tristan and and Steph Corkalakos over here this year, man. Like, you know, they were blowing people's minds, and it was so cool to have you guys come over and just and just yeah, put like a rocket up everyone's ass. You know, I really feel like <laughs> Australia has been missing, um, you know, really high level bodyboarders coming over like they did with other competitions. Obviously, because yeah, we don't have a competitive circuit here at the moment that's really drawing people in like that but um yeah just to see the level of bodyboarding what it can be and there's still people out there like we all know doing it really well so yeah dude come over it could be could be such a time and we're always 
um, we always get waves in winter, man. Like I know there's periods and people say, oh, it's been shit here and da, da, da. But if you're in Australia and you're willing to travel and put the hours in, at any given stage in our coastline, there's going to be a swell somewhere. Man, that's just so sick. <laughs> you're, I yeah. think you're selling it. You're selling it pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Everyone's probably like, shut up, mate. We don't want more people surfing <laughs> here. But like it's, it's yeah, it's it's honestly the truth. Like I remember from my, you know, 18, like years of 18 maybe to – uh, 28, 29, kind of when I got home from traveling, like those, those 10 years, like searching the, um, just like the world for waves and being able to like put your time into what you want to do. It's so important to do it while you can. And that's why I'm harping on to you about it because it's not saying that I've, I've, um, like I've done so many cool things, man. I'm so stoked. Like for myself, this is talking personally, just with my own opinions of how everything's gone. Like I'm so happy with the time that I've, I've spent abroad and lived and seen and, and the people I've interacted with and I couldn't be happier. And it was something that my dad really harped on to me about too, when I was younger of like, not settling on your laurels and just kind of getting stuck in a, a mundane mundane routine at home or wherever you're living at the time and making sure that you make the most of your time and um yeah you've just like you're are you 25 26 craig i'm 23 23 yeah jesus yeah. see man you've got so much more time ahead of you um yeah do you know that's what i mean like I, that's kind of how i feel too it's like i I want to see the world. I want to surf some freaking good waves that I've, <laughs> I've watched my whole life, you know? I want to go go see it. Dude, 100%. So, like, you know, whatever works out with your job what, what just works out, but make sure it's kind of, like, not on a full-time thing and you can just slip away whenever you need. Like, you know, I used to work so many weird bizarre jobs and i know so many surfers and bodyboarders that did like i mean one of my good mates damien miller like he will crack you up if you ever get to meet him like this guy <laughs> has seen and done some things and one of um one of my other good mates luke mason he would always refer to him as like um a jack of all trades master of none because he had just done anything and everything man. like oh. do you know what i mean like from yeah. like being like um like a baker to being like um, uh, a floor guy, to being like a uh, bartender, paperboy, um, you know, like so many jobs I'm not even like thinking of right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've, just I've, doing I've, it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And he was doing it because he was just surfing like a madman and just saving his money up surfing like a madman, saving his money up surfing like a madman. So, yeah. you know, there's many ways to skin a cat and you can just you can just – you know, just get the money you need and just go traveling and go to these places because, fuck, there is so much to do out there. Even if when you get to Australia, like, hop over to New Zealand, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or then, like, island hop into the Pacific somewhere and, like, sort out a Cook Island strip or Samoa or whatever. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, when, when, once you're down here, like, I know it's a bit – it's a fair way to come, but, fuck, you're locked into some, some good times. Yeah, I'm also pretty heavily trying to – hop on the the watu train next year and get over the to watu yeah just get over to java for a week or two or three weeks yes yes my goodness if magnitude <laughs> six is just not like a perfect example of why you need to go everyone yeah. you know do yourself a favor and 
get the Riptide app, log in, and browse the cinema, hit up that movie because, damn, that section is super legit. And I'm probably sure that's what you're referring to, Craig, is why yeah. I want to go. And the mindless other sections that have come out there. Like, anyone who goes there, like, seems to just blow that. Like, what's Josh Garner over there? Um, Blaz was going crazy over there. Uh, yeah, even Tristan was just over there. Yeah, Tristan, exactly. Like, seeing Liam Lucas over there. Everyone just, like... Yeah, it, you guys would be loving it, and especially the left. I, I know you love rights, but then thinking all the things you do at Cali Wedge, like that left bowl looks prime for you, cunt. Yeah, it looks pretty mental, and that's part of the reason why I feel like it's such a good like destination because you surf the left and then you surf the right in different tides. So like, what more can you ask for? Yeah, and when the winds are cooperating with those trades, I've heard it's just like, like an all-day fair kind of thing. You just can just surf kind of at any given time, like bar the tides, obviously. I know I know some sometimes are a complete no-go, but like most of the time there's windows here and there from different sides, the left and right, like which sounds sounds dreamy as. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Java and just for some reason, Sharp Reef popped in my head, what did you do to your leg the other day? Oh, bras. I could not believe what happened to me there, eh? And it was such a weird <laughs> thing. I still, to this day, still don't know what I did because I only noticed that kind of flapper skin and cut missing um, or, like, open when I was sitting in the lineup and I looked down at my leg and I, I was wearing um, a long-arm short leg. And I was yeah. going, like, is that a bit of seaweed or, like, a bit of or a fish around my leg? And then I realized it was my skin. And I pulled my... Oh. Um, Pulled my leg up to my surfboard, and the, and this is this is the reason, Craig. I was riding a surfboard out the <laughs> island, and I think that it was just trying to tell me, "It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? I've seen you out on a bodyboard. Yeah. That's the craft to use out here. Pull your shit together. Don't do this again. I'll give you a little cut. This is, you know, this is a little warning, and then yeah, you know, next time I'll be more severe. But yeah, I um, I must have just done a diving off or something. But yeah, for everyone out there listening, I surfed it on a one. 0.8 meter tide or would have been 1.7 coming into 1.8 at the time and like that's a super high tide out there and and my yeah. ethos for that wave is you can kind of surf it a meter onwards you can get away with it being lower on certain different swells at certain given times but usually a meter will sort you out out there and you'll have enough water to just get by on a bodyboard at least um so on a surfboard, like I love surfing it just on really small south days that are just two foot and it's um, kind of rippable. And then, yeah, I, I just must have got caught on white rock. I remember getting one flogging but never thinking of – never thought I hit. And then, yeah, looking down, it was just a big-ass gaping hole, like my leg had given oh, birth. It was fucked up. That Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, man, dude. So are you out of the water for a little bit or is that or is that just a – like just a straight up cut. No, I've been I've been been good. I haven't surfed since I did it last Thursday, and today's Thursday Australian time. So I've given it like yeah a week. I might give it to like Sunday, and then I'm gonna hop in. It's it's got butterfly strips on it, so it hasn't been mm-hmm. stitched up. But um, okay. yeah, it, I was pretty stoked too because butterfly strips are so much easier than than having anything kind of threaded into you. And I think. He just couldn't, the, the doctor at the time couldn't thread it in because it was on the shin. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, just a classic turn of events. And, yeah, I went to work after that and then got went to the doctors, got it all sorted, and then didn't have any time off. So it really wasn't that bad. I know it probably looked super bad. Just looked yeah. a bit like, a bit weird, eh? I was like, why is it so deep? And I didn't know either. <laughs> I was like, oh, 
I'm, I've either hit my fin or I've hit like a little barnacle standing up somewhere, you know, that's just like yeah. stripped it and then I just haven't really felt it or whatever and I've just carried on with my day. That's so crazy. It's always the little days. Yeah, it's man, always, I know. Isn't it's always it, Always the little days. Yeah, dude. Like, do you have you had any moments out in the water where – well, actually, dude, I mean, I, I don't want to go, go – go back to and i'm sure the community's still kind of grieving about it but look at evan is a prime yeah. example yeah i mean that's it's crazy how it's always on the days where you're just kind of not expecting it like i just have gotten so pumped on like the smallest waves before and i'm like holy shit like how did that just happen i was not expecting that as I was paddling out to just get absolutely flogged. And then, yeah, yeah. And then you have the days where it's pumping 10 foot and you're just kind of cruising. And then you have the, the one foot smash down. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the, um, the worst place you've been flogged, man? Like what, what's the worst flogging you've had in your life? The one where you kind of go back in your head and semi have nightmares. There was a wave last year um in the canaries that i basically like paddled into this wave super late at agujero which is the right that we were surfing a lot this year um it was one of the bigger days of that trip also and it kind of was just like all right let's go send it and tanner was further out the back than me so he would have had to have a lot of like momentum to get into it so he basically like he thought he was towing me into like the wave of my life (laughs) and it would have been, but at the bottom I hit this like bump almost. There was like kind of two bumps and I hit one and then the other one kind of just like shot me into the pocket. So I luckily didn't get lift, but I still like was very close to it and it just picked me up and threw me to the bottom out there and out there it's super deep. So like I hit the bottom and I was like, Oh God, like I'm way down here. Um, <laughs> freaking blew my fin off. I like bit a hole in my cheek and I came up and I was just like, wow, that was, that was something I'll definitely never forget. And I think L- Louie was like in the channel watching and he said, he, Tanner said, Louie just paddled out to him and was like, bro, Craig just got so smashed. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going in. Yeah, dude. Wow. So did you did you bite your your cheek underwater, like on the inside? I think it. Yeah, I think it was like kind of from impact. And there, yeah, actually, yeah. Like there, the there's pace. a clip of this wave too. Oh, dude. Uh, where, where's it at? I'll I'll uh, I'll send it to you. Yeah, please, I'll please send, send it. To but um, yeah, I think just from it, the lip landing and then me getting kind of just wow. tossed around, like. My, I just for some reason bit like a nothing major, but like enough for to have my lip be bleeding for a little bit of time. And it was, I came up and I was just like, wow, all right, yeah, I'm done, I'm going in. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The ocean just kind of said, what's up? And, and you were like, okay, I respect <laughs> that, no dramas. I'll, I'll, I'll come back out another time. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe later today. And that's, yeah, that, that was kind of like the whole. Uh, thing for me this year out there like when there were big days I was like all right Tanner I'm gonna get my revenge out here I'm gonna get that freaking wave that smashed me last year and I actually did get 
a wave that was similar to it and and made it so <laughs> sick man yeah that's epic so. and that's progress right there and then isn't it you know thinking about like that wave from that whole period you know over the period before like before returning and then you know just having um yeah just having it clear in your head what you need to do and how to surf it better and, and getting it done isn't it funny how much like you know footage and going back over uh just yourself surfing can help you improve I, I know you mentioned that in jay's podcast and i think that that's so true eh? like you would look back on that wave and just been like okay i'm gonna do this this uh, ne- like next time and this is gonna get me to where i need to be yeah for sure like i think watching yourself is the most uh like important way to improve to be honest like i give a lot of credit to my buddy cameron gunlock when i was coming up <laughs> When I was like 16 or 17, 18, he was like always filming me. And I feel like that just helped me improve like significantly in such a short amount of time. And even now it's just like when I watch clips, I kind of get into my own little process and watch what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And if I want to change it. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's such a key thing. And a lot of, you know, like say even, for example, using surfing, and I know there's the High Performance Center up um, in northern New South Wales. They're very close to the Queensland border in regards to – it's called the HSPC or something. Um, And they do all those video sessions and all the coaches I see, you know, in and around Sydney coaching, surfing and bodyboarding, they'll always be filming and going backwards and forwards over. Uh, you could have done better here. How did you approach this? What line did you draw? How did you paddle in? Where was your position in the lineup? Like it's amazing the little things you pick up without without and without seeing that sort of things back visually. It's very hard to understand or it just takes a lot longer um, mm-hmm. for you to, to you to pick up and progress. Like I remember even Jay Real in our podcast when he came on the on Luke's Lounge and we were having a yarn and he um he spoke about how back in his day he was waiting for VHSs and magazines to come out. More so magazines, but like and then he would see the moves and see what they were doing and how they would approach it and he would try and mimic those those actions. And that was just through magazines now with you know live footage i'm even showing footage to my son of him doing things like on a scooter mm-hmm. and he's like two and nine months now 10 months and um no nine months and he is really picking up things a lot quicker than and then i say i would maybe because he's more intelligent or because he's actually seen the visual um you know, the, the, the visual actions of himself and going hey that's not how i want to do it or hey this is how i should do it yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I just feel like that for me has been the most helpful way of, and that's not even with bodyboarding, it's with e- every sport and even the professionals do it in every, in every sport, like football, soccer, or like baseball, you're there's always video review and it's, it's crazy how, how it works so well. <laughs> so well, so well, you, you were pretty big into baseball when you were younger, eh? Yeah, I played, uh, I basically played my whole life until high school. So I was up until like 14. I was playing until 14. Um, and then that's kind of when I turned into a beach rat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, well, you, you had probably like, I could see you being a baseball player, but I can also see like you look now just in natural blonde hair and, and calm demeanor, like full meant to be in the uh the boogie versus surf culture man like it's uh it's a classic i was gonna ask you like with um baseball did you ever watch the movie the sandlot kids yeah all the time yeah. 
Dude, I just uh, – and, again, it's Australia, we, we don't have as much of a um, baseball following. Like, we've got cricket, which is – Kind of similar, but kind of not. Um, mm-hmm. But that's probably more the kind of sport that, that, that we follow with a hard ball. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, whenever I'd watch the Sandlot kids, I would just love the insight into the to the baseball culture and how the parks and – because it was much like cricket. Like if you lost a ball to someone's backyard when you're playing, you might not be getting that. <laughs> And you know what yeah. I mean? And that Sandlot kids with that huge dog and how it was kind of like over dramatized, but you know, you could really like everyone could take a little piece of that because they've all well, most people have experienced like, you know, having to go into someone's yard, grab their shit, run out before the dog gets them. Like it's so sick. Yeah, it's just it feels they they hit it spot on with that because they make it feel like it's so wrong to do that to go get your ball, but it's just like it's it's scary, man. When you're a kid doing that, it's like <laughs> that is it's 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 not easy. No way, because first you got to somehow get over the fence, which you know as an adult you can easily most people can just pull themselves up over. Like yeah. as a kid, you're like, okay, so what am I going to put in front of this to get up? Is it, is someone going to help me? How am I going to then get back over the yard? Like yeah. when I'm, I'm I'm in it, and yeah, what am I going to navigate? Is there anything in here, or is something <laughs> just going to run out at me and bail me up? Like yeah, it's it's it was so much fun. I remember when we were kids, bro. This is so heavy. We were going to people's yards and whatever like we would go out at night and um we would like we would we would egg people's houses which you know again oh. is not the right thing to do <laughs> but we were most the kids at the time like exploring our boundaries and what we could yeah. couldn't get away with um very rebellious and i remember um at, at one of the um times we went out one of the our our friend's it had come for the first time and um, we would all have a sleepover and then like we would, you know, get up at like uh, one or two in the morning, set an alarm and then all sneak out of the house. And this time he, he brought fruit, like oh. he bought fruit, man. And I'm just like, the fuck you, do? I don't need to grab something from the fruit bowl as we were exiting the house at two in the morning. Yeah. And, and he's, we've gone to egg this guy's house and we used to call him the chaser because this mm-hmm. dude was known for getting up and chasing you because he had his bedroom at his front window and um, they would often impact the window in the house and, and it would it'd be like, it'd be like obviously World War Three from in there, like Vietnam, like <laughs> yeah. you know, get to your, get to your post, your, your post lad, sorry. Yeah. And um, yeah, dude, like this, this one time, um, he's actually a, a really good bodybuilding mate of mine. I haven't seen him in ages. He doesn't boog anymore, but I won't name him just because of legal purposes. And, um, uh-huh. dude, like this thing, we all just started going crazy, yelling out, chaser at two in the morning, throwing eggs. And then he has just launched this orange, and this orange has gone straight through the front window, man. Like, <laughs> Clang, and we're like, fuck, we all go silent, and then you hear him just run into his door, and like, we all just start sprinting, like, we are legging it. And he, and he doesn't even hop in his car this time, he just goes to leg it behind us. And you know, when you can hear and almost smell the scent and breathing of a human behind you as they're running and they're chasing yeah. after you, yeah, it oh, was like yeah. that, man. And I just can oh. never, ever forget that moment in my childhood. You know what I mean? Like having yeah. the the that that adrenaline rush. We had to hide in some dude's yard, like two streets over, in this ditch next to his like fibro fence. Um, I mean, colorbond fence. Sorry, and 
And uh, I remember the guy, like almost like the scene in Lord of the Rings, if people know what I'm talking about, where in the first one, Fellowship of the Rings, Frodo and Sam have to run off the road as they've got the ring and those um, 12-hooded horsemen are, are out after him. And that horseman comes down and can smell them underneath the tree root on the embankment of the side of the road. And it was exactly like that. Like you, you're so close to being found, but then you somehow get away with it. It's just, oh, mate. It'll be in my it'll be in my memory forever, Craig. It's a fucked up memory. Yeah, yeah I know. I've I've got a couple of those too, just from being kids with your squad running around and accidentally breaking something when you probably were kind of trying to do it, but then it actually happened and you're like, Oh shit, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Oh yeah, I know, I know. And you don't at that stage of your life fully comprehend the consequences. You're more mm-hmm. again just trying things out and then when they do arrive you're like, Fuck, they're the consequences and that's a bit mm-hmm. heavy. I'm out of here. Yeah, so classic. So funny. Yeah, it is. It is, man. Oi, um, Dude, tell us about uh, before we wrap this up, bro. I just wanted to ask you mm-hmm. quickly about your sponsors, man, and about like how everything's been going with VS Boards, Ali Swim Fins, and especially Six Six Two Mob. Like, you know, huge, huge respect for that company and everything Eddie Solomon's done for the sport. So, mm-hmm. what's been going on there? Yeah, it's all good. Um, they are. They've been supporting me for. I was actually just thinking about this the other day, and they've been supporting me since 2017 so a couple of years now and it's been great working with them and getting the support to go travel around and film and um ride their products is have been been very grateful for that um versus is all doing really good i have my own board board model over here in america um which is honestly a dream come true that happened in 2019 so um i'm stoked to have my own model uh that's kind of like what you dream of as a as a grom and then it finally happened i was like holy shit like this is (laughs) this is it and for me like that's being a free surfer that's kind of just like because you don't have the competitive aspiration that's kind of a, a similar goal that i was kind of chasing so I was stoked to finally land that. Um, but yeah, like overall, it's it's been really good, and I'm super thankful for six six two and and Gyral and Mike hooking me up. Um, it's just it's been a really good ride, and I'm very excited for the future. Yeah, sick dude. That's epic. That's so epic. And what does the future hold, man? Like, well, what really do you want to do for the for the for the next um the next couple of years? Like, is there is there a plan, or is it more so just see how things come come and go? Um, I want to. I mean, I obviously want to keep trying to make a movie per year. That's kind of my goal that I've set. Um, obviously, with life, it can be hard. So. Um, I feel like we may be running into a difficulty there in the coming years. But as of now, I just want to keep making movies and bringing people together and and hopefully going somewhere bigger and better every year um, to film for these these movies. And hopefully Oz is on the, li- the list next year. Dude, 
Definitely, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely always has to be on the list. And keep making movies. I think that's, yeah, that is the key. And I think you're, you're speaking words of wisdom there when you know that that might not always be viable to do with everyone's schedule um, going into the future. So, yeah, just cherish it while you can, son, and, and keep up the good work. Keep producing content and keep Boogan, man, because we love watching it. And I really want to thank you for coming on the lounge and, and giving me your time, bro, because um, I love these conversations and I know a fair few people out there now do – too so giddy up yeah thanks so much for having me on um freaking always keen to come and and chat shit for a little bit so yeah um stoked to have been on here and thanks to riptide and everyone else listening Ah, oh, happy days, bro. No, no, no dramas. And um, shoot us a text when your plane arrives next year, bro. We'll, um, we'll see you at the airport. <laughs> okay, I'll <laughs> I'll, te- I'll text you when I'm taking off. Happy days, bro. Yeah, what, what's that like? Sixteen hours? I'll have to plan for. Uh, I think it's maybe a little less, maybe fourteen. 14, yeah, sweet, no dramas, all right, well, I'll probably give like half an hour to travel traffic, yeah, sweet, okay, 15, no dramas. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right, cheers, Craig, keep well, man. All right, thanks, Luke. See you, man, bye. Bye. All the leaves are brown, all the leaves are brown, and the sky is grey, and the sky is grey, I came for a for a Along the way Well, I 